You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. So mother was overheard praying by her children. She said this, the prayer goes, Dear God, so far today, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, or nasty, or self-indulgent. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going, to, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm going to need a lot of help. Church, this morning, I want to talk about the subject of prayer. I want to, and it's really, literally just the next thing that we're talking about as we, as we follow the life of Moses uh, in the book of Exodus. And if you were to describe prayer, let me ask you guys, how, how would you describe it? The topic, prayer. How would you describe how would you describe that? Some people would say, well, well, prayer is a command, and it is. Pray without ceasing. It's found in God's word. God commands us to do that, right? Uh, some people say it's, it's a, an invitation. Prayer is, prayer is an invitation to, to invite God into the everyday moment of your life. Uh, some people say prayer, prayer is just a conversation. Prayer is um, just me and God talking throughout the day. And most of, most of the time when we discuss prayer, we focus on, on the how. How do we do it? We focus on how do we pray or the why, why you should pray. Today, I don't want to do either of those. While they're both important, today, I'd much rather focus on the what. Simply put, what difference does prayer make? And church, if there is one thing that I want you to recognize today, simply is this, that prayer makes a difference. Why don't you say that with me? Prayer makes a difference. And it is my prayer that by the end of our time together, we're going to see that prayer isn't just important for what God can do. Prayer is also important for what God does in us. Prayer isn't about just getting God to work in our circumstances. Prayer is about getting God to work within our very hearts. And when we pray, we see God do three things in us. We see that prayer builds our confidence in God. The more that we pray, the more confident we are in the God that we're praying to. The second thing we see is that prayer, prayer leaves the, the victory to God. That first song that we sang, the battle belongs to the Lord. And we understand the more that we pray that, listen, the ultimate battle, whether we win or lose, isn't dependent upon us as much as it is dependent upon God. And lastly, what prayer does is that prayer cultivates worship for God. The more that we pray, the more worshipful our hearts will actually become as we see God work. So prayer does three things. Prayer, again, builds our confidence in God. Prayer gives, prayer leaves the victory to God, and prayer cultivates worship of God. So I'm going to invite you this morning to turn in your, in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17, we're going to work through verses 8 through 16 this morning. If you don't have a copy of God's Word with you, I'd invite you to take that pew Bible right in front of you and turn it to page 59, and we're, we're going to be able to, to walk through this together um, with together this morning. So as you're turning, let me just pray, and then we'll hop into, into our portion today. So Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much 
Lord, just for the opportunity, God, that we have today to, to gather as a body of believers, Father, to celebrate moms and celebrate, God, what, what you've done within our lives and the moms, God, that you've given to us. God, I thank you, Lord, for the ministry that they have. And Lord, today as we focus on prayer, we focus on walking through life with you, God, I pray, Lord, that we would all become a little bit more dependent upon Jesus today. That we would become a little bit more aware of our need for you. And God, in all of it, Lord, that our confidence would be built. God, that you are worth and worthy of turning our attention to today, God, and lifting up our requests. So, God, I pray, Lord, that you would move during, during our time together, God. That you would use my feeble attempts, Lord, to, to organize and outline and communicate your word in such a way, God, that your spirit would use it in people's hearts and that they would see you more clearly than, than the, and experience you on a deeper level than when they came in today. So, God, we just leave this time in your hands, and we pray all these things in the name of the risen Son, Jesus. Amen. So, church, before we hop into Exodus 17, I just want to give you, again, a little bit of context, a little bit about what God has been doing within this portion of Exodus. And we've seen over our last three or four chapters, Exodus 14 through 17, the children of God are walking in the, the wilderness after they've left Egypt. And we see right away that, that God's people had needs, that things came up, problems arose. And the first, the first need that they had was Exodus 14. They were trapped, they were trapped with, between the Red Sea and the Israelite army coming in. And we see God, God use Moses and use the staff of God to part the Red Sea, giving the children of Israel a clear way of escape. And Pastor Mike last week talked about when, when, they, came, when they came to Mara and, and there was water there to drink, but that water was bitter, so they couldn't drink it. And so God, God instructed Moses to what? To take a log and throw it into the water, which made that water drinkable, which, which made that water sweet. The, the rest of the portion there in, in 16 and 17 talks about how God provided in some other ways. Um, when God's people needed food, God sent manna from heaven to feed them. Uh, when God's people needed water, when there was no water, God instructed Moses to strike a rock, and, have, and, and the water came out of that rock to meet the need of God's people. And you read those things, and, and, and at least for me, I read that. It's like, God, I wish you would just tell me what to do every single time, Right? I wish there was just some instruction manual that, that, that God would hand out to every one of his followers that say, when this happens, do this, and everything's going to be okay. When, when, when your kid is, is, man, working through an attitude, whatever it may be, just do these things, A, B, and C. Any one of them will do. Just do one of those three. And while God's word gives us a lot of good principles for us to follow, right, there's a lot of times in our lives where we come to a crisis moment and we don't know what to do. And for the first time since God brought his people out of Egypt, a crisis arose and God didn't tell Moses exactly what to do. God, there wasn't an audible voice from heaven saying, Moses, respond in this way. Moses, do this. But it's out of those moments that we see today that God is going to show us that there is something that we can do, that there is someone that we can turn to. 
Our call that we're going to see this morning is that our call is to respond in prayer even when we don't know the outcome. Because God is worth turning to and God is worth trusting in today. So let's walk through this passage and see what exactly God does. First thing that we're going to see here is we're going to see the Israelites' problem. Follow follow with me in verse 8. It says, Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. Happy Mother's Day. I was like, man, this is awesome. So we're doing a Mother's Day message, and it starts off with war. Sounds about right. And for some mothers, this is war, and I get it. And every day you have to, you know, strap, strap on your boots and get to work. I totally understand that. But for the first time, God's people are in the wilderness, and they're physically attacked. And in, in, while, while we don't have the details here in this passage, um, in Deut- Deuteronomy chapter 25, we get a little bit more details of what exactly Amalek did and the, the Amal- how the Amalekites fought. It says there in, in, in chapter 25 that the Amalekites actually came from behind and attacked the weak, the stragglers, the sick, the elderly, the women and children. See, instead of attacking them straight on, where they would, they would maybe come across um, Israel's, is, the men uh, that they would have to fight against, and they chose to pick off the very weakest among them. And I can only imagine the panic that that must have put God's people in. Understanding that, listen, we're supposed to be following after God. And in the very moment when we're trusting him or following his leading, some of our weakest people within our party have been murdered. And the whole time, God is silent. As, as families are you know, mourning the loss of loved ones, and Moses is saying, God, give me something. God is quiet. And God's word here in Exodus doesn't say anything, and God doesn't even speak up until after this whole thing is all over. So Moses does the only thing he can do. Moses knows that he needs to respond, and so in verse 9, he goes on, and, and, and Moses makes a plan. Verse 9 says, said, Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. And tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So he says, all right, all right Joshua, God hasn't given me anything, but we need to respond. And so, Joshua, you need to choose men, men that are willing and able to fight. Again, this is the first time they've been attacked physically. They don't have a standing army. It's not like, okay, Joshua, why don't you go, go and send out, you know, the, the ranger force or the special forces here, and let, let's get, get this thing done. Joshua had to create a, a, a militia, uh, an army overnight, and choose men who are willing to go and fight the Amalekites. And I, I love Moses' line here. And as you read it, it just makes me chuckle. And, and while you go fight, I'm going to go hide on top of a hill. Now, granted, Moses is 80 years old at this point. So it's not like he's not going to be the ones in front. But it's like, Joshua, you go fight. I'm going to go hang out somewhere else, kind of watch everything there. And you read that. It's like, Moses, what exactly are you trying to do here? What exactly is your plan here? Moses, Moses does have a plan. And I want you to notice what Moses says he's bringing with him. 
Moses doesn't say, I'm just going to go hide up on a hill, right, and good luck, buddy. Hopefully it goes well. Moses says, I'm going to bring something with me. I'm going to bring the staff of God in my hand. The staff of God makes all the difference, church. Because the staff of God represents God's power and God's presence and the past history that how God has provided for his people. You know, Moses was first introduced to the staff of God back in Exodus chapter 4, verse 20. As he, as he is pulling out, when he is getting ready to go back to Egypt to, 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 uh, to confront Pharaoh and to bring out his people, God made sure that he brought this staff with him. That staff of God was the same staff that God turned into a snake in front of Pharaoh and brought it back into a staff. That same staff was, was, was the one that turned the Nile River into blood. That same staff was one that parted the Red Sea. And while Moses doesn't know what God is going to do, Moses turns back to the only thing he knows how. The only, thing that, the only way that he had seen God work before. So he brought the staff of God with him. This brings us to, to the first point. The first thing that prayer does is that prayer builds our confidence in God. Moses turns to the only thing he knew where to go. See, prayer builds our confidence in God because it reminds us of who he is. Prayer reminds us of what he can do and what he has done in the past. So church, the more that we pray, the more we are, we are reminded that there is nowhere else to turn. And, and, and when, when problems arise and we try to do our own thing and we try to fix the problem ourselves, what it actually does is that we're saying it's building up a confidence within us, saying that we don't need God. But the more and more that we turn back to the person of God through prayer, it builds up this confidence, almost this muscle memory, that when, that when problems come, I'm going back to God. When problems come, I'm going to go directly to the source that can meet every one of my needs. Church, a study was done in, in the United Kingdom. And it found that children called out to their mothers over 100 times a day. 100 times. And moms here, you can probably, you can probably attest to that. So it's one per child. So if you have multiple kids, you're hearing your name maybe hundreds of times. And the first time I, first time I, I read that study, I was like, that's not true. That's not true. But I thought about when I'm home, when Melanie and I are both at home with, with our four kids, they barely ever call out to me for anything. It's like three things. One, to get, to get up, to reach anything tall. Our waffle maker is up high. Every time we have waffles, Dad, get the waffle maker. We got it from here. Caleb will ask me to put his shoes on. And Jackson will ask me if, if the Yankees had won that day. Other than that, they're not calling my name out. They're not. And you know why? Because they know who to go to if they need anything. Over and over and over again, children are conditioned to go to their moms because their moms are the ones that, that are able to meet almost every one of their needs. Dad, I'm not downplaying your role within the home, but it's just, let's just be honest. 
Like, kids go to their moms. And when we pray, we are returning back to the source, knowing that, God, you have met my need in the past, and, God, I believe you're going to meet me in this crisis moment right now. Prayer builds our confidence in God. So we have this problem. We see, we see the Israelites are going into battle the very next day. Let's see what exactly happens. I want to I show you Moses' prayer here. Exodus 17, verses 10 through 13. And so, and so Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. While Moses, Aaron, and Ur went to the top of the hill. And whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Ur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Let's just like paint this mental picture here. You read that, it's like, this is magic? Like, what in the world is going on here? So while Joshua is fighting, Moses and Aaron and Ur are, are up on the top of the mountain, and it says that whenever Moses raised the staff of God, Joshua and the Israelites prevailed in the battle. And whenever his hands got weary, his arms got weary, remember, he's 80 years old at this point, and if he starts in the morning and he, and he goes throughout the entire day, your arms are going to get tired. And every time he put his, his hands down, his arms down, Amalek and his army would, would prevail. And the, 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 thing, the thing that I understand from this is simply that Israel on its own would never win that battle. Wouldn't. And Moses had a front row seat of, what, of, of, of the connection between Moses' prayer, his praying, and what was going on down on the battlefield right before him. I just, I can't even imagine that. Can you imagine Moses? If you're Moses at that moment, you're holding it up, and it's been a while, and your arms are getting tired, and you put that thing down, and you see, and you see your own people begin to get demolished. So you're trying to, I'm going to hold that thing up as soon as possible, get it back up, and I'm going to, I'm going to then see, see, see us begin to win. So by, by the end of that day, it doesn't say how long it took for Moses to get tired out, but Aaron and Ur were, had to sit Moses on a stone and come alongside of him and hold up that staff so that, so that Moses' arms could continue to be lifted out in prayer to God. What we see here is a simple truth that Joshua's victory didn't depend on his strength, but Moses' prayer. Moses saw, had a front row seat overseeing the entire battle of recognizing that there is a connection between how we, when we pray and how we win. And man, I wish for myself, I wish for you today that we could have this kind of top-down view where we see our life kind of from above and we see the impact and the effect of praying. The impact and effect of what your prayers actually do in your life. The impact that it has. Bless you. Man, I wish we could have that. And Moses saw that. 
And the second thing that, that prayer does here is that prayer leaves the victory to God. I want to show you a few verses here first. Because you can say, okay, this is a one-time deal. This is you know, Moses doing magic, and he's winning and losing and winning and losing. There's actually a scriptural pattern to praying in this way. Psalm 28.2 says, Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry for you to help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. See, the psalmist is writing here and saying, God, I cannot do this without you. God, I need your input. I need your power. I need your intervention in my life. That is the only way that I'm going to see success in my life. That's the only way that I'm going to win the spiritual battle that I'm in is when you come down and you pour out your power and your presence is there. And I experience your goodness and your faithfulness in my life. He says, without that, I'm not winning this battle. Without that, I am not seeing success. John, in chapter 15, verse 5, says, Without me, you can do nothing. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not here this morning to, to beat you down and saying that you can't do anything in your life, but I want you to understand that, listen, yes, it's true, without Christ, we can do nothing. Without God, we can't accomplish these things, but it, God doesn't say, that's it. God says, listen, cry out to me, and I will hear you. Cry out to me in your moment of crisis, and I will bring you out. I will work on your behalf. Praying with, the, with this uplifted hands is basically saying, God, I'm depending and relying on you and you alone. I cannot do this by myself. Not only that, within the, within the New Testament, Paul in 1 Timothy 2.8 it commands especially the men. He says, I desire that in every place the men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Why, why, do, you think he, why do you think he points out men here? I'll tell you, I'll be honest. We don't like to ask for help, right? We don't like to ask for help. We don't want to depend on anyone for anything. And God is saying here, guys, men, ladies, we all need to understand this. That Listen, I, we cannot do things on our own. That without depending on a holy, righteous, all-powerful God, we are not going to experience victory within our lives. A young child who needs comfort, who needs, who needs a parent, does what? Does this. They come before their mom or dad or, or whoever's watching them and they're asking for help. Church, when was the last time? When was the last time we went before the Lord like this? That God, I can't do this on my own. That God, that I cannot, I'm not going to see victory in this area of my life unless you move, unless you work. I've tried it my own. I've tried it in my own strength. 
God, it's not working out. All of us need to come to a, to a point in our lives where we completely leave the victory up to God. And that's what prayer does. Prayer leaves our victory in God's hands. See, when, when you think of Moses, and all he said was, listen, I'm taking the staff of God up to this mountain while you're fighting, and I am lifting that up in front of, over all of, over all of our people, over that battle there today, and I'm saying, God, you take your power and your presence, and you pour it out upon this moment of crisis, upon this problem. And Moses did that because there was nowhere else he could go, and he knew that. They were overmatched. They were overwhelmed. But he said, but God is on our side. And we are going to bring him into this equation. So I just asked the question, church, what would happen if we believe this? That our victory and our success is going to come through prayer. God is the one who brings success. We would pray like we've never prayed before. And this is something that God has been working in my own heart. But if God is the one who brings success, we will lift our families, our marriage, marriages, our health concerns, our broken relationships before God and ask him to do what only he can do says, God, I am relying upon you and you alone for the victory here. Not, not only does that change our posture toward God, but it also unloads so many unneeded burdens that you and I are carrying because we're trying to do something that only God can do. How many parents are here today? whose hearts break because a child has walked away. We've read all the books, and we've listened to the podcasts, and, we, and we, we've, we've watched different shows, and we've followed different blogs, and we've tried to do everything that we've could in our power, yet, yet it's still not working. See, what prayer does is that prayer takes the burden off of us and puts it on God. God, I'm leaving, I'm leaving this victory in your hands because you're the only one that, that can do it anyway. Now listen, there's going to be some people here who say, but, but Joshua acted. Joshua went, went to war. Joshua responded. And yes, he did. but I would encourage you to work as if it depends on you. But pray as if it depends on God. I'm not saying that if something arises that you do nothing. Sometimes you need to act right away. But do not leave out the fact that prayer is going to be the motivating force that actually, gets, that actually leads to victory. If you, are, if you and your family are struggling uh, financially, but, but you don't have a job, look for a job, but pray that God would provide. There is, there is a both and here, and we see that here within this, 
this passage, but we do what we can, and we leave those results to God afterwards. So work as if it depends on you. Pray as if it depends on God. And we see when Moses did that, God worked and God gave the victory, and the people of Israel prevailed over the Amalekites. I want to show you one more thing here. God finally shows up here, here in the problem. Not that he hasn't been working, because he has been. But God finally speaks. Verses, verse 14, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a, as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I would utter, utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And so what, what we see here, we see God's promise. We see that God, God says, listen, I'm going to work. He says, Moses, you remember this day. You write it down. Moses was, keep, was keeping a log, a journal of all that God had done, which, which probably ends up being part of the Pentateuch here, the first four or five books of the Bible. He says, Moses, you write it down and you recite it to the ears of Joshua. You tell it, you tell it to Joshua, who, who would be the next leader of Israel, that I showed up today. And church, one of the best ways that we can fuel our worship of God is to make sure that we're writing down when God works. I don't care if you write it down in a journal. I've seen people, I've seen families take like a fishbowl, and as God works through, throughout the year, they write that down and put it in there. And then at, at the end of the year, um, they, they, they take all those pieces of papers out, and they, they worship, and they celebrate what God had done. But find a way to write those things down when God does come through because our hearts are forgetful. And in a moment of crisis down the road, we're going to, we're going to forget how God worked there and how God mended this relationship over here and how God provided here in this spot in our lives. But when we write those things down, it causes our hearts to come back to the fact that God is exactly who he says he is in his word. And that God is going to provide for each and every one of your needs as is according to his will. So he says, write it down and tell it, tell it to Joshua. But then we see Moses' response to that. When God says, listen, I won the battle for you this day and I will continue to fight Amalek and all of the other people that you're going to come in contact with. That is my promise to you. And Moses responds in worship. See verses 15 and 16. And Moses built an altar and called, and, and called the name of it, The Lord is my banner, saying, A hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Let me just break, break this down for you. Moses did what? He built an altar. Altars are made for what? To worship. Moses is saying, at this moment, we don't need to pat ourselves on the back. We need to worship God for what he has done. That, that saying, the Lord is my banner, is a, is a military term. Back in the day, and, and, and even still today, militaries will, also, will often fight under a banner, under a flag, as a rallying point, as a rallying cry for their troops. I remember just watching that movie, uh, Get, um, Gettysburg. And each kind of section there had, had their own state flag. And Virginia, Virginia played a huge role in that fight for the South. And all those soldiers says, we fight today for Virginia. 
when Moses is saying, the Lord is my banner, we recognize that the Lord is on our side as we fight. Not saying so much that we fight for the Lord, but really the Lord fights for us. And that led them to worship. And he said the reason why God came through is because a hand was upon the throne of God. And Moses again connects the dots and says the only reason that God came through today is because we lifted up our hands in dependence and reliance upon him. And he acted upon our requests. So from beginning to end, we see this idea that, that, listen, that our victory is tied to what we pray for and how we pray and how often we pray. That leads us to the last point. Prayer cultivates our worship of God. Church, I'll put it real simple. When we pray and when God works, we have no choice but to respond in worship of God. When all we do is read books and listen to podcasts and try these new techniques and something goes well, who is normally going to get the credit? I'll tell you, if, if, I'm in that sh- if I'm in your shoes, I'm going to credit myself. Man, I worked really hard on that. Man, I studied up really well for that test. Man, I did this or that. But when we pray and God comes through, God then gets the worship. And this whole thing creates this cycle. So when problems come, I have confidence to turn to God. In the midst of the battle, I am relying upon God. And when God comes through, that culminates the whole cycle in worship of God. Church, let me, let me encourage you with this today. Prayer makes a difference. When we pray, God promises to work for us and in us. The application today is really simple. Pray. Pray. Pray with confidence, knowing that God has the power to answer. Pray with urgency, knowing that the victory only comes through him. And when God answers, respond in worship because God deserves all the credit. So church, I'm not, I'm not calling you today to spend hours upon hours in prayer this week. But I will do this. What is the one problem? What is the one burden? What is the one moment of crisis in your life that you have held on to for way too long? Where you have tried in your own strength, in your own wisdom, to find the answers, to buckle down and just work hard to get through that thing. And let me challenge you this week that every time you feel that burden to take things back and to try to do things by yourself, pray. And give that thing over to God. Parents who are here and trying to, trying to raise your kids well, but you don't pray about it. You're spinning your wheels because you are trying to do something that only God can do. Only God can change someone's heart. 
So you prayed. And I don't know what God is going to do and how God is going to use that prayer. But we see from the example of Scripture that prayer makes a difference. Prayer is what won that battle for the Israelites back in Exodus 17. And prayer is what's going to win the battle in your life today as well. So my encouragement to you simply is just pray. And the reason why we can pray. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, God doesn't shy away from the fact that, that there is no problem that's too big, there is no hurt um, that is too deep, there is no crisis that is too big that God cannot work, work in and work through. But he says, let us come boldly. Let's not be ashamed. Let's rely on God's power and his strength to make an actual difference in our lives today. So let's pray. I'm going to invite the praise team to come up and lead us in one more song. And I just wanted to, to talk to people that might be here today for the very first time. It's Mother's Day, and so may, maybe your mom or dad asks you to come today. Or maybe, you know, it's just something that you do for Mother's Day. The, the message today was to believers, was to people of God to continue to tap into what God has for them and the power and presence that God has promised them. But the first thing, the first step that we, that we can make, and that, really, that you can make in becoming a child of God begins with prayer, begins with calling out to the Lord for salvation. Because, friends, we are all here today. All of us are sinners all of us have done things, have done actions, thoughts, whatever it may be, that has broken our relationship with God. And something had to be done about that. And so God, out of his love for you and his love for me, sent his only son, Jesus, um, to die on the cross in our place for our sins, took the wrath of God upon himself, and now he calls out and says, anyone who believes in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And if we call out to God, same way that Moses did in our portion today and said, God, will you forgive me of my sins? Would you walk with me from this day forward? I give my life over to you this morning. I believe in your son Jesus, that he is the son of God. The Bible says that your relationship with God can begin today. So, if that's you today, we'd love to have a conversation with you. If God is drawing and pulling on your heart, we'd love to have that conversation. You can either mark it on your, on your Connect card and find myself or Pastor Mike or Pastor Dan, one of our elders after the service. We'd love to have that conversation with you. Um, if that's not your deal today, we have these packets of material right, right up front that explain the gospel, explain the good news of Jesus. And if you simply just want to come up and take one and do a little bit more digging on your own, We'd love, we'd invite you to do just that. But don't leave today without taking that next step of pursuing Jesus with your life. So church, I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you to stand as I pray. And Dan's going to lead us in one more song. So let's stand and let's pray today. So God, Lord, I thank you, God, that prayer makes a difference. 
God, I thank you, God, that prayer doesn't make a difference just in our circumstances, God, but in our own hearts, that as we continue to turn to you, God, with our hands lifted high in dependence upon you, God, you work, you move, you do things. God, may we be a people that depends upon you and not on our own strength. God, may we take the crisis moments of our lives instead of carrying that burden and hand that over to you and continue leaving it there and keeping it there, God, until you move in that area of our lives. For far too long, God, we have depended on ourselves. Forgive us of that today. May we as a people, God, turn to you this morning, God. God, life is hard, but your grace is enough. We thank you. We thank you for it today. God, may we respond in worship now. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com.